Episode 12 of Rats, Rays, and BS. I got my friend here, Mr. Jeffrey Gasson. What's going on, America? Uh, <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, we have some huge news this week. Patrick Mahomes signed a deal worth, um, you know, it, it's conflict the reports out there. Some say it's 10 years, $450 million. Some say it's 10 years, $503 million dollars. Either way, this man about to make a lot of money over the coming years. I still haven't seen anything about his guaranteed money. Have you? Uh, I haven't. I've I've heard speculation. Um, I think the guarantee quote-unquote is $63 million, but I think that's, that's over, it. I think that's, and I think that's over the life of the contract, but I think most yeah. of it is like Backloaded or you know, kind of, kind of incentive based. But yeah. what I also did here was another. There are certain chunks of the contract that are guaranteed after so many years. So I think in two or three years, he's guaranteed like another forty or fifty million, something like that. So I think he's gonna. I think if he doesn't see, let's say. Four fifty, he's gonna. I think he'll at least see three hundred million. Yeah, oh, shoot, that's good enough. Yeah. Well, I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, correct. So overall, like, do you think it's a good deal? You know, I, I'm really, I'm honestly still having a hard time figuring out if it's a good deal or a bad deal. I mean. My my first reaction was, oh my goodness. And mm-hmm. I kind of feel like no matter how you slice it, I, I think it'll be a I honestly think it'll be a win-win for both sides. Yeah. Um because I was listening to uh Skip and Shannon today on Undisputed, and uh, he was uh Shannon Sharp was saying at some point before the 10 years is up, they're going to go back to the table, which I I, I would agree with because it's like, who wants to be stuck in a sports contract for 10 years with one team? And, yeah. you know, because it doesn't give you any flexibility if you ask me. But, you know, the way I look at it, you can always restructure. Um, I mean, now do I think that Kansas City was – right for signing him for as long as they could absolutely I mean he had two of the best years of a quarterback uh, probably in anybody's career and one of those years he got a Super Bowl and the previous year he was league MVP so it's it's hard to say you you can go anywhere but up but if you've seen him do this already at 24 win a Super Bowl you got to lock them up for as long as you can. And there was no way that they were going to let this get past this summer. Um, Yeah. You know, they would have been foolish to let it 
let to do so because had they waited another year to do this, you might be talking about six hundred million potentially. And, yeah, you know, and so I don't know. I I I, I do feel like it was still good for both sides. If I had to decide who got the better end, right now I would say Mahomes, but we don't know what the true details are of the contract. But if you're telling me that I signed for 600, I mean, not 600, if I signed for the lower end, which was 450, and you're telling me by the life of the contract I'll see, I'll end up seeing 400 million, Okay, I can miss out on forty <laughs> yeah. million dollars. Absolutely, you know, fifty million dollars. So I, I think, I think it'll bode well for both sides. But I think, you know, I, I mean, they made him offer he couldn't refuse. So, yeah. That's, that's my I, uh, like when I first heard about it, I'm like, man, I'm like this is a bad deal hmm. because because. I was, well, I was talking about when I initially first heard about it. I got you. You know, but, um, you know, I've, I've since changed my mind. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I was like, it was a bad deal because, you know, like the number of years. Yeah. It's, the, yeah. it's the same thing like uh, Dak fighting for. Like, he didn't want five years. He wanted four so he can tap into the market again to get another contract. You know, like yeah. some of the other quarterbacks have done. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, even in the NBA, like LeBron James, he do two-year deals except for, like, when he went to the Lakers. Like he had been doing two year deals, so so he can maximize the amount of money he get with each deal, right. which makes sense because yeah. every every year the price go up, uh, the market changes, yeah, and things like that. So that's why I like, man, that man, like he just won the first Super Bowl. Now he locking himself in a ten year deal, yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, you win another Super Bowl and stuff like that. Like, let's say you win, yeah, I say even just one more Super Bowl in the next four years. I'm like, man. Yeah, I deserve more money after that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of still – I take that back. I kind of still feel like it was a bad deal. And I think even though you do have this set amount of money, I still think if he had a deal, like, let's say, four, three, four years at a time, I still yeah. think he would have made he would make more money over the long term. And then who's to say that, you know, um, you know, it won't get to a point where somebody get a deal where – all the money guaranteed, you know, and then that becomes like the new standard. Yeah. 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 So like if that happens with <laughs> while he in the middle of his 10 year contract, he won't yeah. be able to like he won't really have negotiating power to stand on it. Right. So that's why I feel like, you know, it was a bad bad deal. Mm-hmm. But as far like, you know, but as far like getting paid, it ain't bad at all, you know? No, right. Yeah. It's, it's not bad. Yeah. You know, but I but you know you 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 just said something that kind of stuck out to me, you know, you know, what if they start basically fully guaranteeing contracts? And I think the players that have the most leverage as far as at least football players is quarterbacks. And I really thought that's where we were headed after um, um, quarterback in Minnesota uh, uh, with who's with the Redskins. Oh, what's his name? Uh, the the what? The quarterback for the um Minnesota Vikings. Oh, you know Case Keenum. He, not Case Keenum. No, he was in Washington the year before. Um. Oh, Cousins. My bad. Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I really, I really thought 
that's where we were going to start seeing everything being fully guaranteed for quarterbacks after he got signed to Minnesota. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we haven't obviously gotten to that point yet. And, and I mean, the, the point that you made is extremely valid because, I mean, 10 years is 10 years. And, I mean, if they can – obviously, it'll help if he can renegotiate. But if I'm going – if I'm going to try to maximize, I want to maximize my money up front. Mm-hmm. And not so much. Like you don't know what happened in the future. You you don't. And and so if they if they were offering, what is it? What was it? Five, uh, 10 years and 450 or 500 million. I would have much rather, if, it, if I was in his shoes, give me five years at, 250, 300 million, and you're guaranteeing yeah. me 120, 125 million dollars. Because as soon as I, as soon as that S is on that paper in my homes, I get 125 million dollars. That's what I want to see. Opposed to, well, the life of the contract, we are going to guarantee you 60 something million dollars, but and then we're going to guarantee you another 40, 45 in 2021 or 2022, whatever. I mean, I get it because you know you have big paydays coming. Right. But give me the, you know, it's I guess it's, it's like the lottery. Give me the lump sum. Don't give me the, don't give me the increments over 25 years. I, I want the lump sum. And that's just a, you know that's that's a, a personal preference, but I, I would just be apprehensive for ten years, and I mean five years is a long time. Um, you know, luckily the league, the the quarterbacks are more protected now, so quarterbacks are playing longer. But he's gonna be thirty four years old. He might, you know, he might say, mm-hmm. "I want to retire early." Like if if Mahomes wins, what? Three Super Bowls in the life in the life of this, of his contract of this contract, he might decide yeah. to hang it up kind of early, and he won't have another deal that he may want to take. I doubt it, but you know, I just don't being tied down that long with one team, and you could potentially make more, you know. But I just like I said, I, I feel like. I feel like he felt that he wasn't going to get anything better. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, hey, as easy to say now, Mm -hmm. you have a contract in front of you, you make that amount of money, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't turn it down either. Yeah. You know, it's easy for us, you know, speaking, like, just speaking candidly, you know, it's easy for us to, Say in hindsight, you know, particularly me, you know, that it was a bad deal, but hey, if I had that paper in front of me, I'm like, uh uh-huh. I'll sign that job quick as I could. Yeah, you you know, and I, I think you're absolutely right. You like, I can't let this go. Uh-uh. I can't let this slide. Uh-uh. So, you know, he obviously he did what what he felt was best for him. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I mean, I do think he's gonna get somewhat criticized, but I don't think he's gonna be negatively criticized too much or too long. Um, right. You know, it it just 
right now on paper, what people see is, oh, he's got the biggest sports contract ever. Um, and that's the thing, you know. I What I will say is for other quarterbacks for their paydays, like Deshaun Watson is not going to get this when it's his he don't, he don't deserve it. And he does not. I totally agree with you. I agree with your Facebook post the other day. <laughs> I know. You all know? those sheep, all those sheep who disagree with me. <laughs> you know, even Lamar Jackson. I mean, I don't see Lamar Jackson getting, I mean, I know this was his second year, but I don't see Lamar Jackson getting a contract like that. I mean, unless, well, unless he does win another league MVP and win the Super Bowl this year, then he might see. You know. But my thing with him, he's like, okay, fine. You know, you, you did all this stuff in the regular season. But his only two playoff appearances, he stuck it up. That's true. You you got me. You know, you're, like, you're, you're right. I, like, I don't care if you got MVP or whatever. You, hey, what they say, legacies are made in the playoffs? Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? So, if you, you ain't doing that in the playoffs, you know, your team favorite, heaven favorite, and then you coming out just a bigger like that? Yeah. And, I mean, they, they definitely laid an egg against the Titans. Um, yeah. And he did not play well. He did not play well. At all. You know, so – you know, but I and and that's the thing. It's like after Patrick Mahomes won the Super Bowl and the MVP, he had all the leverage in the world that a quarterback has ever had. You know, yes, he did. He sure did. Along with being obviously still being young, because because it's like how many win a league MVP, then the next year you turn around and you your Super Bowl MVP. That's yeah. that's hard to do two years in a row. You know, and so I just think that's the thing. Like, you know, a lot of times we talk about or we've discussed, quote unquote, setting the market. I don't think Mahomes set the market with this deal because I don't think so either. Teams are not there. Like I said, they're not going to give. Even on paper, they're not going to give Lamar Jackson five hundred, four hundred fifty million. They're not going to give Deshaun Watson four hundred fifty million because, like you said, don't neither one of them deserve it. Um, right. You know, and and just to kind of get on um, Deshaun Watson, I, I do think Deshaun Watson is a very good quarterback, but he is absolutely overrated, and he, I, I think he's been overrated kind of since he came into the league. I, he, I agree. He came into the league on a high because of how he was in college. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's carried that momentum from college into the pros. Is he a, he's a very good quarterback. I don't want to call him a great quarterback yet. I mean, yeah. it, it is the Titans. You know, they're not greatly coached. They, you know, they're solid, but Texans, Texans. Who did I? I'm sorry. Yeah, Texans. You know, they, yeah. I, I, I just they're good, but it's it's like when you you don't you're not it's not synonymous with the uh, Texans and Super Bowl. That's not synonymous to me <laughs> at all. I, you know, you know, you do you do you expect them to win their division? Yeah. 
Do you really expect them to go to the Super Bowl? You don't. No. So. Uh, to me, you know, that's the easiest division in football. You think so? Well, I'll take that back. I'll they, they up. It's up I'm there. Gonna, I agree it's up there. Uh, AFC East. Yes. Then them and then the NFC East. Okay, okay. I got you. Yeah. I got you. But yeah. uh but the thing about it, I agree with you. I don't think that, you know, it's setting the market because like this this contract is so unique and so different mm-hmm. that you know it's the first of its kind. So yeah. of course they go set the market and thing like that. I mean, even in baseball, you look at uh, what's his name, Mike Trout. Is that mm-hmm. who it is? Yeah, with the ten year deal. Yep. Oh, that just set the market because nobody else came behind him with a ten year deal like that. They're like that, right. you know. <laughs> they just stuck the sensible deals um, and things like that. So I, don't, I really don't think they set the market. Yeah. And which, which, I don't know. I, it's still going to be a bad thing for Dak Prescott because yeah. I think with him accepting the 10-year deal, you know, Jerry Jones, they did a 10-year deal with uh, Tyron Smith, the left tackle. Did they? Yes, they did. It was a few years ago. Oh, oh. well, it might not have been 10, but it was up there. It was okay. I think it was a 10-year deal. Hmm. But anyway, uh, so you know, Jerry Jones, he he want to tie you in a long deal, so you don't have to pay you again. And you know, that's that's the problem with uh, Dak. You know, yeah. we're reporting about um, you know him having five years instead of um, four. Yeah, and yeah, yeah um, the thing about I, it is, I just I just looked it uh, up. I'm sorry, uh, it was an eight year deal. Yeah, Thomas okay. Yeah. Eight year. Yeah, eight year, 110 million. So, you know, it, it's kind of the same thing. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised Jerry Jones will try to get him into a long term deal like that now mm-hmm. because of Patrick Mahomes. But he gonna try to get him the same amount of money because he can use the fact that he ain't won a Super Bowl, he only got one playoff win and things like that right. against him. Right. So I, I think it'll be bad for Dak Prescott's contract leverage. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'd say it's a good thing Dak signed that, the, that uh, franchise hey. tag. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I really don't see the problem. Like, I would, I would sign the franchise tag in a way. Like, even if Dallas want to franchise him again, like, I, I wouldn't have no problem with it on that. That's $37 million all <laughs> up the guarantee. <laughs> yeah. If you get uh, tagged again next year. And he got like, what, 30 31 this year, guaranteed? 31, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 30, so, uh, 31 guaranteed this year. 30, 37 next year. And I think after that, it will be a transitional tag, almost like yeah. 40, like 40. It'll be somewhere in the 40s and all like Yeah. So, you know, Kirk Cousins, he, he went through all that. He banked. He did yeah. that. Then he got a new contract. And then last year, he just got an extension. So, <laughs> Kirk Cousins, <laughs> <laughs> he made a lot of money and he won nothing. No. <laughs> he won nothing. nothing. No, he has not. Not at all. Oh, you think he won a playoff game yet, has he? Uh I wanna say he has. I wanna oh, say no. I think I think he was the quarterback that year. I think that they beat New Orleans in the um 
divisional round with the. Oh, no, they sure did. They did it this year. Yeah, they beat. Oh, yeah, they did beat them this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. So he, okay, he got a couple of playoffs, but but what happens in the next round? Out, gone. Yeah, lose. Yeah, you know, and yeah. just, you know, just just you know, kind of going on with that. I, I feel like I feel like Dak Prescott's contract bubble, bu- contract balloon, just popped. It was yeah. like, like when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my gosh, Dak!" And and so Dak is is pretty much at the mercy of Jerry Jones now. At least that's how I feel. Like, mm-hmm. you know, not saying that Dak has to sign what obviously what they're offering on the table, but he pretty much has no more leverage, right? And, and what might give him some leverage a little bit more is if they decide to tag him again if he doesn't sign a long-term deal by what is it next uh, next week um if this goes on yeah, another year yeah if this goes on up to next year that he's gonna have to look at uh Deshaun Watson when he's up and when Lamar Jackson is up you know but that is also depending on how that performs and so it's it's like that you're either gonna be <laughs> and that's the thing, like I feel like he's either gonna it's either gonna be a four year contract or a five year. But mm-hmm. he has to think about obviously the guaranteed money, but it's like I think if they I think if he signs a four year deal, they're going to probably they they might give him a little bit more money up front um, than a five year, but either way, they're gonna spread that money out because they're also gonna look at how they gonna how Patrick Mahomes' money is gonna be spread out too. So right. it might not be thirty eight million as soon as he signs his name. It might be thirty eight million or forty million over five years. And we don't mm-hmm. we don't know what that looks like, and it's it's just, like I said, he I just don't feel like Dak has any kind of leverage, and I feel I'm like, and it's not <laughs> it's not like me to feel bad for any Cowboys player, but I feel bad for him because <laughs> when I tell you Dak has no leverage, okay, you won two playoff games, you ain't snipped the you ain't snipped the MVP. You ain't sniffed the NFC Championship game. Right. Um, I, clearly, you ain't been to no Super Bowl. And, you know, obviously, they're dealing with an owner who puts the most pressure on them than any other owner in sports. Of so course. It's, it's like, how do you how do you win at the negotiating table, especially now? You probably won't. And so it really might be in his best interest to let them keep tagging him. Get your... You know, yeah. in in the end, it's probably going to be about a hundred twenty million over three years, and all the potential tags. And I'm calling it early. Dak Prescott will not finish his career as a Dallas Cowboy. Oh, he will not. Well, I mean, based on what thing going. I'll be surprised. And, and when I say finish his career, I don't mean um, 
obviously I'm talking about signing a long term deal after long term deal. No, yeah. I, 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 I think what I do think will happen is what they're saying. He's gonna get tagged. He's gonna get tagged again. He might. He may have had enough after that second tag. I may think he may try to get out of there after that second tag. Mm-hmm. But it's it's gonna be hard to to get the the type of long term deal he wants. If he, I'll be I'll be shocked within the next year if he's able to get a long term deal done. I'll be completely shocked. All right. Yeah, I, I yeah, I agree. <laughs> I just don't see it happen. Yeah. All right. Um hey, this week, I'll tell you every week, uh, you you would think like with coronavirus going on, the news cycle, especially with sports, like it would be dead, but every week, every you know, week. I know like when we started this show, we were like, Man, once the last day go off, what are we gonna have to talk about? Right. <laughs> and then, here's here's the last day come off. You know, all these officers want to kill these black folks. We, we've we've had a little <laughs> sprinkle of sports. We've had a little sprinkle yeah. of real life, and it's just like, okay, we keep on feeding us. Then we're gonna keep on eating it. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, you know, um, like with Deshaun Jackson, uh, he shared uh, quote unquote anti uh, anti Semitic quote that was attributed to Adolf Hitler on Instagram over the Fourth of July. No uh, holiday, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read it. Okay, and I quote: "It said because the white Jews know that the Negroes are the real children of Israel, and to keep Americans secret, and to keep Americans oh excuse me, Americans secret, the Jews will blackmail America. They will extort America. Their plan for the world domination won't work if the Negroes know who they are. The white citizens of America would be terrified to know that all this time they've been mistreated." And discriminate and lynching the children of Israel. Yeah, so he uh, he posted that, and it's been a backlash about it being anti-Semitic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to take that one first? Sure, sure. Okay, now. You know how I feel about conspiracy theories. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I feel like it's stupid, like these anti-vaccinators. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel that's stupid. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, this conspiracy theory about, like, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci with the coronavirus and Bill Gates and all that stuff about the chips and all this, like, I find that ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, uh, but... You know, this is what I kind of actually believe mm. about that, you know, we black people are real children of Israel. Mm-hmm. I actually kind of believe that because, one, you look at all the trials in the Bible and things like that, the thing with Pharaoh, Egypt, things like that. I mean, we already accepted that, you know, um, Africa is the cradle of civilization. You know, right. and these have yeah. to be black people. Moses right. posed as an Egyptian. He couldn't do that unless he was black, like the Egyptian. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if he really, really was white, everybody knows Egyptians were black. Yeah. So if he, you know, if Moses were really white, then they would know dog well he's not an Egyptian. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, but you know, I don't want to get too far into that. But yeah, um, you know, so and even even still, whether you believe it or not, like. 
him putting this quote up here, I don't think that is is something that could be considered anti-Semitic just because they, you know, somebody believe that somebody else is the real children of Israel and things like that. And they want to, you know, talk about the Jews mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, how they, you know, treat and store America. Like, they get reparations uh, and America had nothing to do with it. Nothing. <laughs> my, my biggest thing with, with Jews is this. Okay. They talk about all the things that happened during the Holocaust is like totally horrific. And they feel like, you know, they have the market corner on suffering. But the thing about it is there's no group of people who's more oppressed than black people. Yep. Okay. Yep. The Holocaust it, it was truly horrific. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, nobody's nobody's denying it at all. Nobody's saying that. But the same the same stuff that happened to them during the Holocaust happened to black people for over 400 years. Yes. We were burned alive. Yeah. We were we were quartered. Uh, what, what they call it? Maimed and quartered? Or what's what's the term? Um, uh, I, I know maimed for sure. I'm not. Sure. Yeah. I'm like, not- they they would cut off our parts and burn them yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Just all kind of throwing Ch- throwing a bass to Ch- alligator. Ch- I was about to say chopping up body parts and feeding them to animals. Yes, you know, and, and having picnics where they, everybody come out and sit around like it's not like watching a basketball game. You watching them hang black people. You watching yeah. them burn black people. It's just sadistic. They li- they would literally celebrate this. Yeah, and then you know you see I forget what these people uh, is a group of people. Who uh, represent Jews' interests say like you know they would love to shine, you know Jackson, you know they they set the apology and they hope that they can work close, he can work closely in their community. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like, I saw that. Hey, yeah, all, all this stuff happened to us. Have you heard like the Jew any Jewish organization come out in support of Black Lives Matter or or, or the Black Movement? Uh, not not loud oh. and clear. They're not beating their yeah. drum to do it. How come every time we do something, we have to work like like Michael Vick? He came back from the dogs. He had to work with the ASPCA or whoever oh he worked with. Oh my yeah. gosh! Oh and my gosh! All the stuff that they've done to offend us, they don't never come working in our communities trying to help us. No, they just issue they just issue apology and expect them to go go on with their lives. It's supposed to go away. Yes, yeah, it's supposed to go away. So that's the problem I have with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, you know. The, I see this this survivor talking about they invite the uh, son Jackson to go visit Auschwitz. Apparently, you know, yeah. So okay, well, you don't have to go to visit though. If you live in America, you don't have to go visit. <laughs> you know, you just yeah, come right yeah. here. But if, but if you want to, you can go to Birmingham and visit the site where the church got bombed. You can go to Memphis to the Lorraine Hotel where Dr. King got assassinated. Yep. You can go to the place in New York where Malcolm X got assassinated. You, it's plenty of places you can go. All you, over America. A road that I, I traveled on one night, we were going to the casino or whatever, Mississippi, where James Cheney and all other two people were killed. Yeah. You can go travel there. So go if you want to go, you want to offer him. Go to Oklahoma uh, where they burned up Black Wall Street. Yes. Go to, yeah, Tulsa, Oklahoma. You know, um, down there in Florida, Rosewood. Go, to Rosewood. go there. You know, you want us to go to Oshawa, well, you go to all these places. In um in America, yep. 
It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. I don't understand how America's so sympathetic to the Jews' plight, but can't be sympathetic to the plight of African Americans, which America perpetrated themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't want to go too deep either, and it's not to cut you off or anything, but. You know, go ahead. I, I had I'm a, through. Okay. I, um, I, I had a lot of thoughts, you know, about his retweet or repost or whatever. And, you know, I, I, I've been thinking about it all day. Like, how am I going to approach this on the podcast? Because I don't want to sound insensitive. I definitely don't want to step on any toes. And Terrence, you know, I'm not the type to bite my tongue. But right. what I will say, uh, I, have a, I have a friend of mine. And he 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 told me about um, the Jewish community. Not that I didn't know anything about him, but right. he he opened my eyes to what the Jews, what some Jews have their hand in. And I'm not talking about just their community. I'm talking about banks, uh, everything, banks, movies, music, entertainment. Mm-hmm. He put me on game how they pretty much control, if not the world, definitely America. Right. And what I also found ironic about what the so time, much so can I can I interject one point? Go ahead. Go ahead. They go ahead. control America so much so that every presidential election they talk about the relation with Israel. Israel. Yes. Like what would the president plan to do? With Israel, and do they consider them uh, ally? That's like no one concern. It's Israel. They put that in as far as like policy for a presidential election. That's how much they control them. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're good. Um, so you know, just just thinking about that, and I'm I'm I'm, and so do I understand why Deshaun Jackson apologized? Yeah, I think he only did it because he wanted to make sure. I really think he was genuine in his not wanting to offend Jewish people. Right. But it was like, what lie did he tell? He didn't tell no lie. And not only that, I'm I'm looking at it and I'm I'm looking at this nice double standard. Um especially coming from the Philadelphia Eagles organization. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because Mr. Riley Cooper, who was at a country western concert back in, I think, 2012 or 2013, um, talked about how he wanted to, I think, shoot those group of niggers or something, whatever he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, they're calling for basically Deshaun Watson, I mean, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Jackson to be cut. All right. I mean, people can want what they want, you know. And Skip Bayless did say he should be suspended for a game. I'm not even opposed to that. But if if they don't, they what they need to do with Deshaun Jackson is make him go to sensitive sensitivity training like they did Riley Cooper, and then yeah. get, and give him another contract next year like they did Riley Cooper also. Yeah, yeah. If we want to be, uh, it, it, so we so it doesn't look like. There's not a double standard. And what pissed me off even more about the Riley Cooper situation, I know why he did it, but when Michael Vick came to Riley Cooper's defense, Michael Vick needed to look like that 
that all-American teammate that's going to back his teammate. Because had he not, then yeah. they were going to look at him in a negative way. So I didn't really... Yeah. Plus, didn't they're really, going to bring up his past issues. They're going to bring up the dog. Yep. So mm-hmm. They're going to say, well, how can you not uh, forgive him, but you were forgiven for... So I totally get that. I, yep. was, I was initially upset, but then I had to go back and think about it. It's all about image. It's all about image. And Michael Vick mm-hmm. did a great job restoring his image after um, his his quote unquote climb. So, you know, I, I just Deshaun Watson should Deshaun Watson no Deshaun Jackson should not have apologized. He doesn't he doesn't deserve to, to be to be suspended. Okay, make him go to a sensitivity training. If if his if part of his sensitivity training is saying okay we'll we're going to send you to Auschwitz, okay fine. But you know what they don't need to do it. You know, but they don't need to do that either. Why? Because we still got a pandemic going on. So he don't need to, he don't need to go out the country. Yes. You know, let's just call a spade a spade, man. Like stop. We and and what's making me more upset about things like this. The thing, the way that that the way that blacks are being viewed is just so blatant now, and it's so blatant the negative way that we're perceived, and it's just like, come on, everything is smack dab in your face, right? And it's it's hardly anything that we can do about it, and it's almost like, man, I almost want the players to not only sit out because of COVID, I also would want the players to sit out because of this lack of equal justice that we're still not getting. You yes, know? absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I, I just, no, I, I was I was upset that he, you know, I understood why he apologized, but I was still kind of upset about it. Like, but I get it. You know, you want to, you don't want to come off as insensitive, especially, and, it, and, and so it's like, anything tied to Hitler is going to be viewed as a, a negative thing. And I get, I do get yeah. that. But it, but it was more so about uplifting his own people. Right. And if you don't understand that, then you just as blind as you want to be. Exactly. You know, it's you know, America is so quick to defend and to recognize every tragedy that's happened, except for the tragedy that America has done to black people mm-hmm. themselves. Yep. They pay reparations to slave owners for losing slaves. Yep. They pay reparations to Jews. As a matter of fact, like, okay, you think about like the Holocaust, but in the end, at the end of the Holocaust, the Jews came out on top. Yes. They are associated, like we do like racial stereotypes. Their stereotypes associated with money, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like and, I said, they literally but, have their hands in everything. Yeah. Yes. They're able to they they able to build generational wealth. Uh-huh. But we went through and still continue to go through all our oppression. But yet we 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 didn't receive anything. We not coming out of bed on the end for it. Right. 
You know, we, we don't have our hands in that. We still fight just to get a piece of the pie. Yep. You know, I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. I can go on. I can I, talk about that all day. That can that can be a, a, a that can be a full episode. Yeah, it's great. Like it's just yeah. lunacy. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of lunacy, oh, this week Kanye West announced <laughs> that he's running for president. So you know, nothing else needs to be said. I'm just go ahead and turn it over to you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Like you said, what is there to say? First of all, let's get one thing straight. I don't care what anybody says about Biden running for president or 45 running for re-election. There is absolutely nothing serious that I'm taking about this man running for president. Nothing at all. Do I believe He's just talking. Yeah, I kind of do. Do I believe it's a ploy? Yeah, I do. But my issue is that there are going to be idiots. If he's not yes. in somebody's ballot, there are going to be idiots that write his name on the ballot. There are. Because they give you an option to for a write-in. People are going to do it. And this is not to say, you know, whichever way you decide to go that that's 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 your choice but let's be smart people let's you know let, let's let's not let's not actually take him tweeting about running for president and being um endorsed by Elon Musk seriously but why like i literally i literally i literally laughed out loud like I was so, I, I I I honestly I was kind of flustered. I was flustered and flabbergasted. Like, is he serious? And the thing of it is, Kanye West is not an idiot by any stretch of the imagination. I disagree. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't take that man to be an idiot. I don't. Do I think he says and does idiotic things? I do, but I think he does that for attention, just like this ploy here. This is nothing but for attention. And this is also a way, I will say, to pull away black votes from Biden. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know that that's what the biggest draw for this is, because there are going to be those of us that do, like I said, that will vote for Kanye West. But it it's just so it's terrible. This is asinine. Like, please, I implore you, people, that those of you that do listen to this show, don't vote for this man. Don't don't vote for this man. I, I can't tell you who to vote for, but don't mm-hmm. vote for him. Don't don't vote. Don't. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you who not to vote for. Don't vote for him. I. I Go ahead. You go ahead and take it. Go ahead and take it. <laughs> okay, here's my thing. And when I saw this, I immediately said this. I said, don't fall for it. This is an attempt to take the black votes away from Biden and swing this thing for his homeboy Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Trump has a close relationship uh, with the, I, I can't say a close relationship, but you know they have they are familiar. They familiar with each other. Well, even, did, even, you, uh, did you also read? I'm sorry to cut you off, but did you also read where he said he's not supporting Donald Trump anymore? Yeah, talking about he taking <laughs> off his uh, make his hat, his MAGA hat. That's the thing about and and then like uh, even Kim, she she. Has a um, affiliation with Donald Trump with this thing. She got help get these people out of jail or whatever. Um, so the thing about it is, like, they are too interested with Trump. And, you know, they're doing it for a reason. He's doing it, you know, to try to take the black folks away. Because, you know, there'll be idiots out there who follow everything he do, who make an excuse for everything he do, who buy those dumb clothes that he, uh, dumb clothes line, the <laughs> ugly shoes that he make. Yeah. Those idiots who do all that, you know that they gonna go to the booth and follow. Like they wasn't sit out there waiting line to vote for Joe Biden, but they'll sit out there waiting line to vote for Kanye West or to write his name in. That's that's how idiots are. Yeah. The thing about it is, like we've been going back and forth. Like first we had to deal with these uh, hold the vote idiots. Now we're dealing with these Kanye or Yeezy, whatever the hell his name is. Him too. With all these names. Yeah. Now we got to deal with these idiots. Now, yeah. my thing. Okay, this isn't an ordinary election. Okay, if it was an ordinary election with like two candidates, Republican versus uh, Democrat or whatever, you know, you know, let's take any combination, right? Yeah, I'll be fine with people standing on their credo. Standing on your morals and you know, not vote for either one and write names in. Because at the end of the day, I feel like, you know, if you're any other group people, look, you know, it's probably gonna be the same regardless, right? Mm-hmm. I understand that. Because both of them are just politicians, they're gonna do this and do that anyway. But Trump is different, folks. Trump is different, folks. He's not a regular politician, he's somebody who only cares about himself, only wants to further his agenda. He only wants people to worship him, and which his followers do. Yeah. He don't care about the safety of America. He tried to act like he, he just paid or thing like that, but if America interest wasn't aligned with his, he wouldn't be an American. I'll tell you that. And this man's not just a danger to the United States. He's a danger to the entire world. So I know a lot of y'all want to be on these high horses about, you know, what Joe Biden said, this and that, thing like that. But at the same time, y'all dismissing what Trump said and don't realize the fact that if you want to sit here and not vote for Biden because of something he said stupidly or some, some policy that he did years ago, mm-hmm. but you omitted the things that Trump is doing right now, yeah. then how can, you, how can you sit there and do that? And, you know, so the thing about it is, if if it was a re- any other election, I'll say fine. You know, if you don't feel compelled to vote for neither, that'll be fine. I, you know, I've done it before. Yeah. But this is a thing. I mean, you look at all this stuff. Look at look at how you handle, handle, handle coronavirus and continue to handle coronavirus. It's dangerous. He's pressuring governors to make all these folks go to school and so like that. Only thing is doing. We are nowhere near close to get a grip on this coronavirus. It's getting worse. And he's not doing anything. He's making it worse. He's fanning the flames of racism. 
we dang near have like a race war brewing, really, because he fanned those flames. He made it popular for those these folks that come out here embracing them to be doing all these embracing acts that they're doing, driving cars through crowds and things like that. He won't even he won't even um, demonize somebody who's driving cars through the crowd. He's talking about there's good people on both sides, but on the one side he's right. here trying to kill folks or you know disenfranchising the rights of others. Yeah. Yeah. So this ain't an ordinary ordinary election, folks. Yeah. Don't listen to these hold the vote idiots. Don't listen to these Kanye West idiots. And 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 get off y'all. I know everything. I'm woke. I'm pro this and pro that. Get off that. And just just suck it up and vote for Biden, man. Use a you we, we, we don't need you do have. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Biden. But I will vote for Biden just just to get Trump out of the way. And then, hey, we have another four years. You know, I, I consider yeah, myself... Too, hopefully. Yeah, I, yeah, we get Biden out too. I consider myself an independent. If we have a good Republican candidate pop up and, he, and I feel like he better than Biden, I'm voting for him. But the point is, the task at hand is just to get Trump out of there. Because he's doing... Irreversible damage to America. Yeah, he's doing irreversible damage to the world. And, and you know you're you're absolutely right. And I and I, I it's you know you 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 said it when you spoke on you know fanning these flames of racism. It's like I, I knew I wasn't going to attempt to vote for Trump in the upcoming election. When I just saw not only how divisive he is, not even about, I mean, division is a part of it, but it's like, I'm looking at how blatantly racist he is. Yeah. Look at his his speech, his speech at Mount Rushmore on the fourth. Yeah. Like, you, it's something about, and, and I told my wife this, it's something about, people's perception of your character. Yeah. We we were spoiled by uh Barack Obama. And that was because not not that his policies were great or he was the greatest president ever, none of that. But we became we got spoiled because of the character that he portrayed. I'm not yeah. saying he's the highest character. Right. Person, individual but he sh- he showed us that he could be. Forty five is showing you that he's the complete opposite. That he has no high moral character or high yeah. moral value. Yeah. And it's like I know that the president is nothing but the biggest politician in America. I totally understand that. And Terrence, I'm I'm with you. I try to be as independent as I can. I want the best candidate for every office that affects me and my family. You know, but it it's it's like how can you vote for Trump if you're talking about just value wise, what you believe, how you treat people. He does not he don't treat he doesn't treat people like human beings. Right. He he treats he, I mean, hell, he probably treats most a lot of white people he runs into like animals, and he 
he he obviously treats women like dirt, you know. So I because of the lack of his moral value, I can't vote for him. I can't vote for for Trump. And so, and just kind of going back to Kanye, like you said, man, we know what this is. He just want, he knows that blacks. He knows that blacks basically feel like they have no choice, so they're gonna. Majority of them are going to vote for Joe Biden. At least that's the way it seems. So mm-hmm. he's quote unquote throwing his name to the hat to try to pull those that are shallow and have no sense to them. He's gonna try to pull their vote away. Or what he's doing is those that decided, oh, I'm not gonna vote because I don't like either one. Oh, Kanye West. He's recognizable. I like his music. Like, there's going to be people out there that write his name in based on the fact that he's one of their phasing musical artists. Right. I guarantee I guarantee you. And so, like you said, just use your common sense. Be smart. Don't be idiotic out here. And I don't want to call people, I don't want to call our listeners idiots, but don't act like one, please. <laughs> All right. All right. So, that's that. Yeah, people, come on, people. Let's be realistic. Say no to Kanye. Say no to Trump. And Biden ain't the best candidate either. I'm with you he's, on that, too. He's I, not. I, I'm with that. But damn it, I got to vote for somebody. Yes, he's all we got. That's for like get rid of Trump. Right now, right now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Trump's so dangerous hell. I would vote for Kanye if it was just Trump and Kanye. I, I, yes, with Trump. But, I, I don't want to say that, but yes. But a vote for Kanye is a vote for Trump, America. Don't do That's it. That's it. That's it. Please don't do it to yourself. Don't do it to us, please. And uh. And not vote for either one, not vote for anybody is a vote for Trump, too. Come on, come on. And you know right. that they're, that, I'm sorry, I know we're about to move on, but I, you know that they're they're actually saying that Georgia could potentially become a swing state. I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah I heard that, too. Hopefully, man. It ain't going to happen down this way, but. <laughs> no, nah, well, you know, you, you got me there. You, yeah. You, you got me there. <laughs> It definitely gonna happen out this way, but you know, <laughs> hey, if it's a swing state, you know, I'm definitely gonna do my part. I I feel you, I got you. And uh, matter of fact, I'm 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 gonna actively see um, if I can help people get to the polls this year. That's how important it is to me. I got you. Look at you. All right. So, um, you know what? One more point. Okay. You know you. It ain't just Trump either. It's the people that he appointed oh. to the secretary position. Thank you. You know, oh. particularly the secretary of education. Lord, I'm telling you. Oh. She's running everything. You know. They are, they are going to run the education system into it's the ground. Well, well, let me say this. Those of public, you that feel public. This, public those of you that feel that it's already in the ground, it's just going to get dug and buried a little deeper. Yeah. But I can guarantee you my 
co-hosts and I, we're doing the best that we can working in the schools so they won't be in the dumps. Yeah. But just going back to school right now, just ain't it. It ain't. It just ain't it. It ain't, man. I'm telling you, speaking of that, you know, I know this ain't something we schedule to talk about, but it really terrifies me. This mm-hmm. notion about going back to school, like, you know, you know, they giving parents the options of sending their kids to school, which a lot of them don't do it anyway, because, you know, I see these people still having parties and still, yeah. like, you know, around here, they have these events for the community, having these mm-hmm. kids go out on uh, 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 bouncer houses and things like that. Like, yeah. a pandemic ain't going on. Like, it's, it's kind of like, they feel like children are immune to, or whatever. You're immune yeah. to it, like that. It's just, like, people still having these parties, still having these get-togethers, asking for So, yeah. if they do all that, then, of course, they, they, they don't care about the church. They don't, they don't care about their kids. I mean, there was literally a party up here in Atlanta at this, this club called Compound. Apparently, there's a pool in this place, and there was this huge pool party in the club. Excuse me? Why? Why? You don't, you can believe whatever you want to believe. You can believe that coronavirus is a hoax, it's not real, they're inflating the numbers. You can believe whatever you want to believe. Yeah. But I, I need you to also believe in safety. Yeah. Just, and you know, even still, want- like, you know, wearing the mask. Like it's very important, but it is it ain't no guarantee to prevent it from happening. Especially when you have these dumb little kids in the rooms and things like that. They all don't yeah. touch different you can be careful in the world. It only take one mistake to touch okay. one something that ain't clean and thing like okay. that. And we all know we human. Ain't nobody yeah. gonna be hundred percent. So you're gonna yeah. be exposed. It's and, just and I and I can almost guarantee you when one kid is exposed, they're going to expose the rest of that class. Yeah. Guess what? We're going to be back where we were in March. Yes, we are. If not worse. Yeah. It's just, it's just scary. And, you know, it's and, really going to, it's going to affect the teachers more so than anything. Yeah, it is. And and, yeah. and honestly, I, and I'm going to, you know, I want, I want Trump out of there. Because I want Betsy DuVos gone. Exactly. That's, that's who I... I want her gone more than I want Trump gone. Yeah. I understand. Trump doesn't necessarily affect me directly. No. But, but that woman... His, that his, woman... His, direct, that woman affects my livelihood. Yes, she does. And I don't stand for that. Like, And, the, and that's the thing. You know, I was actually talking to Chris earlier. And I understand they were talking about how they were going to pull funding from schools if they didn't go back. I don't even know if they're able to do that because states control the county systems. Right. You know, I don't know how it works at a, a federal level, but even still, I know that the government, you know, runs everything. I do get that. But mm-hmm. you, I don't care what you say. There are now, and we are we did mention those parents who don't care, but there are those parents who do care. And like, I'm not bringing my school back into this, my my child back into school into this. Yeah, and I get it. My children would not be going back to school. 
And Terrence, I don't blame you. I don't blame if 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 Sarah and I if we had a a, a child right now, a, a baby, they wouldn't be going back to daycare. Right. Oh. Our, our child will be in here with us. I'm telling you, man, like, I mean, it's to the point where I honestly, you know, along with the fact of how good these the unemployment benefits is right now, like, I, <laughs> to a point where, like, you say, if I don't have nowhere for my children to go, I will quit my job and stay at home with my kids and teach them my damn self. If it comes to that, I swear, I swear. Because at the end of the day, all that matters is safety. And you can have a job, you can make money, and things like that. But what good is it if you're not here to spend it? What good is it to have a job to, to uh, protect your family, to provide for your family, if if if, if your family ain't here to, be, to provide for? Yeah. I, uh, I'm just telling you, man. Seriously. They don't care about us. They don't. I really don't. But uh, <laughs> you got a little mini topic there. Um, let's shift let's our focus to there's been this ever-increasing narrative about black-on-black crime. This has been something that's been prevalent, especially anytime you talk about um, police brutality, you know, police, the disproportionate amount of murders that's happening with the police versus black people. Um they always talk about the first thing they bring up is black on black crime. Mm-hmm. So we want to address that in this segment and just get get things out there and just try to put an understanding or a you know quell this notion of black on black crime once and for all. Um so I'm gonna let you take it. Okay. Um let me say this first. Are there black people that kill other black people? Yes. Are there black people that fight and and you know have they killed each other? Absolutely. But is there a such thing as black on black crime? No. The reason why I say there is no such thing as black on black crime. What am I going to align with black on black crime? I'm going to align white on right white crime with it too. Yeah. We don't hear that in the news though. No, we don't. We don't hear Asian on Asian crime, do we? Mm-mm. And what makes me upset more than anything about quote unquote black on black crime is the black people that love to use that phrase black on black crime. Now, and I'm and I'm gonna give several examples of what is perceived as black on black crime. Um, the shooting in Atlanta this past weekend, where a little eight year old girl was killed. Uh, there are pictures circulating around social media of the alleged shooters. Are these shooters black? Yes, they are. I'm not dismissing the fact that this little girl was killed. Those people need to be brought to justice, whether it be by the police or by the street. I, I, I'm not here to say either way. Does justice need to prevail? Yes, it does. In instances like that, I want the police officers, I want the good police officers to catch them, 
and I want those involved with government to prosecute them rightly to the fullest extent of the law. And guess what? If those people are caught, they're going to do that anyway. You know why? Because they do that to black people regardless. Yeah. You know, but this whole thing of of black on black, we only hear black on black crime. And I hate when we hear it from our own people because it, mm-hmm. it's just so prevalent from my, and, and I'm, and I'm going to get back to uh, uh, um, the other cities. Like we got, it, it was a shooting in Chicago um, and all of these are perceived to be from black people. But my whole thing with jumping the gun and jumping to conclusions, what if it comes back that a Hispanic or a white person kill one of these black children or these black people. You can't say black on black crime. Black on black crime ain't nothing but proximity. It's nothing but who you're just close close to or close by. You know, and is there a problem within our own community? Yes, it is. And I think it's up to us. It's up to those good citizens in those neighborhoods and those communities to hold those people accountable, not being afraid to quote-unquote snitch to the police mm-hmm. officers. You know, we have, to hold our, we have to hold ourselves accountable before the the police officers do. You know, or before they, before the police officers come in and raid our neighborhoods. Don't give them that opportunity to do that. You know, and, and I'm not saying that the violence within our community doesn't need to cease. It does. But what we need to stop doing is beating down our own people to, I guess, fit whatever narrative. I don't really like that phrase either that much of fitting a narrative, but it definitely does come down to a narrative because that narrative of black on black crime is what we see in the news. And then when it it comes from the news, it goes on social media and it's always us using it. And I hate it with a passion, you know, but that's not the same thing as police officers who brutalize us in our own neighborhoods. That's, that's not the same thing. That, that's, that, those are two totally different things. We can, do our, we can do what we can to hold our own people accountable in our neighborhoods. We really right. can't do, we really can't do nothing when the police officers come into our neighborhoods and kill us or beat us down or break our wrists. We can't do anything about that. Mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I hope that man of Valdosta gets every cent of that 700000 that he's suing them for. That was mm-hmm. not, that. you know what I'm saying? That's not black on black crime. We, we want justice for that man. We want justice for George Floyd. Don't sit there and tell us that we don't care about our own lives um, and we scream quote, we quote unquote scream black lives matter but we don't care. Mm-hmm. Yes we do because, because you know what I'm not, I'm not the one sitting there sitting here saying or turning a blind eye to the little 8 year old girls killers. I want them held responsible just like I want the police officers held responsible that killed them. Right. Exactly. So that's 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 it in a nutshell for me. Okay. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay. I looked up um 
data from uh, the FBI on uh, crime. It's like the race of the victim and the race of the offender. Uh, for some reason, the farthest I can find was 2016. But either way, we use a year for a reference, right? Oh, right, right. All right. And white people, when it comes to crime, the race of the victim being white and the race of the offender being white, the race of the offender being white on white is 81.5%. Mm-hmm. So, but there's no white on white crime. And, and, and the thing about it, every race, black, white, Hispanic, and um, even like even the they have other on here. Mm-hmm. Everyone, the highest rate of of crime with them, murder and everything like that, is their own race. So it's not exclusive to black to the uh, black community that we kill each other. And the reason being, like you know, logically, when you are a race of a certain kind, you tend to be with other people of your race. You tend to have more more interaction with other people of your same race. You tend to live, you know, by those same people of your race. So if you have more interaction with them, if you have any any kind of, let's say, disagreement, arguments like that, or, you know, any kind of crime happening, of course, it's going to be with the same people of your color because those are the ones you are closer together with, y'all living with. Right. You know? Let's just say we took we took a group of people to Mars, okay? And, you know, in a bubble. You know, that's, that's a term these days because coronavirus in a bubble. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, you know, these people, do you think they're going to be killing each other outside of the bubble or they're going to kill each other in the bubble? <laughs> you, you can only kill or commit crime on people you have access to. And if you're in a neighborhood with people just like you, those are most of the people you're going to have access to, okay? Yeah. So, logically speaking, your numbers on each other is going to be high. And, and like I said, every race that has numbers is their own people. Right. So, why did black community have this way? You know why? You know why they single out black-on-black crime? Why is that? Because we're the only ones who really have to fight for rights. And when we fight for rights, they have to come up with anything possible in order to justify us not having our rights or to justify America being as fine, fine, upstanding country that it is. That's what they do. They find things. And the thing what gets me, right, even if we do, you know, have this fake term of black-on-black crime, that still don't give you a license to kill us. It's, it's like, when they use that permit, okay, they're like, um, Cops killing black people. Okay, but what about black people in Chicago? They killed each other. So black people in Chicago killing each other. That gives you the right to kill us without repercussions. That's what they're saying, really. That's all they're saying. Yeah, they should have the right. They should have the right to kill y'all because y'all killing y'all anyway. Thank you, thank you. And that's what it is. It's just another way to dehumanize black people. Another way to cast down. I claim that we deserve better. It's another way to denigrate the narrative that we're not perceived as equal as everybody else. 
Mm-hmm. We, we've been talking about this for like four straight weeks. They would do anything possible to deflect the topic to anything else about except for what the real issue is, the fact that in America is supposed to be all being created equal and uh, bestowed in eligible rights. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, it don't apply to us. It'll apply to any other race more so than us. They'll be more willing to give us Spanish rights than they would be uh, to, get, uh, to give us because the world hates black people more so than anything else because we are the most oppressed. I'm going to say this again, America. We are the most oppressed race of people in the history of the world. Damn Jews' oppression. Ours oppre- our oppression is, is the most. And I'll even say Native Americans are close second. And Jews, the Jews, you know. But again, I, you're, you're yeah. speaking to a group of individuals, the Native Americans, that got some form of reparations. Yeah. 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 They sure do. You know, and that that and in a way they able to they, they're able to build their own wealth. They have reservations, they have their own laws, and they can build casinos on them and make money off of that. Now I know that it don't it don't uh trigger down to everybody, you know, every Native American, but the fact is you're able to generate wealth. But we haven't been afforded that. We're still struggling. After 401 years, we're still struggling because and, of systemic and, racism. Yeah. And and I don't want those that that um have been discussing this. I don't want those people to feel like there's not a problem within the black community with violence. I'm I'm not it, it is. Yes, I'm, it is. I'm, I'm I'm saying that it is. I totally agree yeah. that that predominantly black neighborhoods in predominantly black cities have a violent a violence issue. There is an issue, but that's the thing. It's up to us to make the right decisions and decide. Okay, I'm not going to shoot this person or fight this person that I'm beefing with. I'm I'm not going to. Or if I am going to fight this person. Is we after we fight with our fists, that's gonna be the end of it, right? I, you know, I, I don't, you know, and I'm not condoning violence either, but um, it's it's got to be a way, a better way, that those of us in our black community can police our own selves because what does happen when they come to our neighborhoods, we get over policed. Yeah, we we just do. And it's not right. It's the way it is. So don't give police officers the credence to over-police you. Mm-hmm. You know, don't make your neighborhood a hotbed of patrol officers riding through your neighborhood every 15 minutes. Right. Make better decisions. And that's me speaking to the black community about holding yourselves accountable so we don't have to worry about police coming to our neighborhoods all the time. Because guess what? There was another shooting. Right. And you know, and, and that's another thing. Like that's the way it was. Like I grew up in a neighborhood uh, where a lot of times, um, you know, for one, if we had a problem, we saw the start with our fists and fighting yeah. each other. 
you know, <laughs> you know, I can get the accounts a lot of times. It's been fights down there, but it hasn't been weapons involved. Yeah. Because, you know, and the thing about it is, not only that, a lot of times you have people, the older people were able to police you. Like, they see you out there doing something you're supposed to be doing, they're able to get on you. But yeah. nowadays, nowadays, the teacher, teacher can't even tell students what to do without the parents coming up to the school at the food, you know, just upholding the child and all the wrong things like that. You know, that, that's a problem in the back, black community, too. You know, yeah. they, they, won't, they don't want anybody to say anything to their kids despite what their kids be doing. A lot of times they so focused on what other people are saying to their kids and things like that instead of focusing yeah. on the fact that their kids are actually doing wrong. And it's a lot of instances where, where these parents these days, a lot of them having their kids younger, so they're not able to teach those values that, you know, we were instilled with a lot of people, you know? Right. They, they so busy upholding their children wrong, so busy trying to put them in the latest Jordans and things like that. And which brings me to, I'm going to get off topic again. You know, um, in all these school openings, you know, I see that, you know, they talk about, like, the parents that have the banner uh, burden of uh, buying internet for the students. I even see some parents complain about having to buy internet or buy computers for the students to do their work if they do dislearn But the thing about it is, but they don't be complaining about getting them children Jordans and having them with all these name brand stuff. All that stuff costs just as much or more than buying, like, having internet service every month. Yeah. And, you know, and there and there are ways that parents can get internet access for cheap, depending yeah. on the school system or the school itself. Or there there are channels of ways that they can get assistance or get it for a huge discount. Absolutely, you know, but they don't want to. They don't want to take advantage, you know. Yeah. So you know, uh, yeah. Let's 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 one. Let's be more responsible for our communities. And two, you know, let's not let America get away with this narrative of black on black crime that don't exist. Yeah. At least, excuse me. At least it don't exist as far as like proportionate to other races with their number yeah. of crime, uh, race on race crime. Yes. It's. it's- uh, it's, it, it should be the same narrative everywhere if it's just for us. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It's just because you kill somebody in your race, it don't give you a license, a license for the other race to have a uh, kill-free car. <laughs> All right. Now, let's move on. Let's talk to the people. Let's see what the people got for us. Shout out to them people. All right. Our first question today comes from Nikki Noble. She stated, um, how do you handle subliminal racism? Um, what are some ways to combat it? And what's deemed as racist, excuse me, what's, what, uh, what is deemed as a racist question? And does that make a person racist or just ignorant? Again, how do you handle subliminal racism? What are some ways to combat it? Uh, what is deemed as a racist question, and does that make a person racist or just ignorant? 
Okay. Um. Whew, it, it's a lot of uh, layers <laughs> to these questions. Um, well, I guess the thing with just racism, period, I think the way you handle it, you have to try to put yourself in a situation where you can handle it head on and uh, handle it in a in a calm way because if you feel like a feel like an individual has said something racist to you or you feel like this person is racist I don't think you you don't have to go straight for the jugular necessarily like you don't I don't think a smart question is hey are you racist because that gives you that gives them the credence to say oh well no I'm not well let's 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 pick and pride and figure this out. You know, so it's it's like I, I think we've seen subliminal racists a lot in sports and the news and you know, I mean it, let's let's take um let's take the president for example. Mm-hmm. Um I believe he's been directly racist and subliminally racist. Yeah. Because I'm going to take, um, he had a quote. I think it was him. Uh, no, I, you know what? No, I don't want to, I don't want to bring him up. I'm going to bring up the Atlanta dream owner. Did oh, you hear about yeah. this? Yes. Kelly Loeffler, right? Yes. So the the owner of the Atlanta Dream, the W uh, WNBA basketball team in Atlanta, she basically said that politics does not have a place in sports. So if politics doesn't have a place in sports, why are you a politician that owns a sports team? <laughs> yes, she's a United States senator for Georgia, a senator for Georgia, and she was appointed by the governor. She actually has to win her election uh, with her election. She has to win in the election this year to maintain that seat. So she yeah. has to be running against someone. Um, but she also stated that she's not for the Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter movement because basically because of what they stand for and I'm supremely uh, paraphrasing but she wanted she doesn't want the teams to wear Black Lives Matter patches Instead, she wants them to wear U.S. flag patches. Why? Right. Why? Why? We know that the WNBA is represented in America, so I don't think that's necessary. I do think that the WNBA is trying to, by doing that, I think they're trying to show that they are not only standing with Black Lives Matter, but they're doing what they can to try to show that they're standing with Black people. What's mm-hmm. wrong with that? I, I don't know what's wrong with that. So if you tell me that they are a bogus organization or a radical organization, to me, that lets me know, hmm, okay, she's not going to, obviously, she's not going to flat out say she's racist, especially being a senator, but she is definitely being subliminally racist in her ways. And so... I'm definitely all for her being removed as an owner. She should, I mean, it, this shouldn't be a question that she needs to go. 
So I, I think, you know, I, I think whether it's a person that is subliminally racist or outwardly racist, you have to take it on head on. You just have to be smart and methodical in how you do it. Ask, mm-hmm. ask certain picking and prodding questions. Ask them how they feel about certain things pertaining to black life. If I felt like a person wasn't directly racist, one of the things I would probably ask them is, well, how do you feel about black people getting reparations? See how they answer that question. Um, I don't know what would be deemed as a racist uh, question. I mean, just kind of going through these questions that we have. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I guess if somebody did ask me a question and it came off as racist, um, I would probably feel like they would be ignorant first before racist because I don't like jumping to <coughs> that to the conclusion that a white person is racist because if I did, I'm probably just saying that because they're white, mm-hmm. you know. But I don't want to. I don't want to jump to that conclusion. It's like, um, like if if a if a white person if in turn if they so if a white person asks me about reparations, um, I want to see how they answer that but in turn depending on how they answer I would ask them well how do you feel about all these monuments being torn down in these cities and I would hope that they would be okay with these monuments being moved because I'm thinking about Stone Mountain it's Robert E. Lee uh, who is it Robert E. Lee Stonewall Jackson and I forgot people the confederacy lost what are you holding on for <laughs> why are you why are you holding on to these confederate flags y'all lost in the civil war man and the confederacy was only truly the confederacy for what like three years or two years <laughs> not long at all but, like I mean what you Terrence, you've been married about three, four times as long as the Confederacy existed. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, so you know, it you have to be smart in figuring out how to figure out if a person is racist. And once you get certain answers or certain confirmations, then you would know how to approach them accordingly after that. Right. Yes, you would. And um, I mean, you. I think you did a eloquent job of handling uh, <laughs> that question. But um, as far as like answer the question, how do you handle subliminal racism? I would say, like, I would say the same way you handle any kind of racism. You just confront it for what it is. Call them out on it. Don't let them yeah. get away with it. Yeah, like, yeah. If, you, if you feel like you have a sickness in your body, would you sit down and let that sickness fester, or would you actively handle, uh, try to get rid of it out of your body by taking medicine, or you know, or you know, doing whatever it takes, like doing preventative measures? When you do that, so racism is like a, a virus or a disease. You, if once you let it enter, 
and it, it will just spread all over. So that's why you got to stop it in this track. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the way. Like, hey, I always do it. Like, if somebody even come off his races, I'm I'm gonna call them out on it. Yeah, yeah, who they are. Yeah. Okay. And you know, they answer the second question. That's the way to combat it. My way to combat it is always to call, confront them about it, call them out on it. Now, if you're in a professional setting, you know you do whatever's whatever's allowed in a professional manner, so that you don't get yourself in trouble, and um, you know, and let the little racist person still have a job, and you don't, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> right. you, know, um, you get confronted, and you can take it to the higher ups and uh, report it because. You know, that's what human resources is for. Hell of things like that. But, you know, you handle it in a professional manner, take the human resources and let them handle it. And if they don't handle it, then you just take it on up. And yeah. that's, in the, that's in the professional manner. Now, if you're out on the streets, hey, I'll say whatever you're willing to, whatever you're willing to accept, that's the way you handle it. Yeah. Okay. Totally, um, totally agree. So, um, what's deemed as a racist question? Uh, and that's hard because that can go in a myriad of ways. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I would say anything that's asked as a way to purposely mock a race of people, or anything that's asked in a way to demean or demean or um, the devoid of value for a particular race. Creed, sex, or religion, I would I, I would consider that racist. And it's probably like person making a person racist or just ignorant. I'm like, look, you're if you're a racist, you just a racist. I don't believe in the term ignorance. I know Chris has this thing that he's really about. Like he he really hates when they call people ignorant because he say like they know what they're doing. You know, yeah. A lot of people are racist. You know, they they, they inherently they know they're racist. What are they admitting? Right, and, and even if you were ignorant of the fact, it don't st- it, it, you still a racist? A racist is a racist is a racist is a racist. <laughs> okay, <laughs> like, hey, if if you receive stolen property and you don't know it's stolen property, you still getting arrested for receiving <laughs> stolen goods. What right. is ignorant? What you ignorant to the fact or not? The fact is, it is what it is. Correct? Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. So the answer is that. <laughs> that's that's my take on. I got you. Yeah. All right. Our next question comes from this household, Miss <laughs> Erin Harvey. She said, "What do HBCUs have to offer elite athletes that PWIs?" Predominantly white institutions don't. I'm gonna let you take that one first. Okay, good. All right, here's the thing: HBCUs can provide the same thing that PWIs uh, 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 offer, except for you know in instances where because football, where you get. Uh, like is is really only a select few of those colleges who get all those uh perks like you know Alabama thing like that the TV deals certain conferences get that but I mean if you you go to Vanderbilt as far as like athletics wise like you get by the same treatment as you would get for as far as like Alabama State as far as like perception you yeah. know Alabama State 
I was about to say, that's a BOT. He just a million times has got a bill yep. on ESPN. Yep. You know, so, you know, to think, to say that like HBCUs don't have anything to offer, you know, as far as like facilities, why HBCUs have about the same amount of facilities. If you look at Alabama State, I'm just, I'm, I'm just taking Alabama State as an example. Like, right. we have some of the best facilities in the entire state of Alabama. Of course, you know, we can't compare to the Alabama Crimson Tide because they get money coming from everywhere and things like that. But, hmm. but you know, we have, I mean, the, the high school, they play regionals at our gym. They come to our yeah. place to play regionals. Come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we have one of the best gyms, uh, arenas in the state of Alabama. Mm-hmm. And uh, our stadium, you know, I, you know, it's one of the best in Alabama, too. Even, like, okay, you have Alabama and Harvard go to big schools. But, you know, besides them, I, I, I would put our stadium up against any other stadium in Alabama. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, for, like, facilities, football facilities, they have their own complex and things like that. And Alabama State is not the only one. I'm sure all of them, like, these HBCUs have good football players and good football teams. Mm-hmm. You have like, North Carolina A&T. They have Tariq Cohen. He's he going off in the NFL. South oh, yeah. Carolina State has a number of players in the NFL. Alabama State had a first-round draft pick about two years ago. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, the, the, this notion that HBCUs don't have that to offer that PWIs do is, is, is asinine. And the fact that not only that, if you look past athletics, HBCUs can tell you it really sh- give you a history about yourself. I went to Alabama State, and I've had opportunities to visit other HBCUs, you know, like Howard. One of them that really impressed me was like Howard. We went on this uh, school trip. We went to the State trip up there in Washington, D.C. Okay, we yeah, to- yeah, yeah. We went to Howard, man. I was like, man – and mind you, I was already in HBCU. You were like, man, I see I'm like, it's so amazing. Like, yeah. You, you like, see what another one looks like. Yeah, yeah, you see what another one looks like on the in the records of it. It's so amazing. And the thing about it, and I was about to say, I learned so much about black history that's that I've never taught in school. And my young went to like all black schools now. You know, <laughs> yeah. and I yeah. Yeah. and I still learn like so much. Uh, from my time at Alabama State, about like civil rights movement, about key figures in uh, African American history and things like that, and then right. not only that, you know, HBCU is a family atmosphere. Yes, you're not just another student. It's like it's like you one big family. Like even professors, you know, they take out time to try to help you succeed. You're not just another number there. People actually really care. They have yeah. all kinds of conditions. You have these people, like, I, I developed a close relationship with, like, some church ministers. They invited me in their home, things like that. Like, you have all the other people coming to campus, just, you know, being a part of your life. And then once you get part of, like, getting up in the uh, HBCU, then you start giving back to the community. I participate in all kind of community things around that community. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've um, created some community activities myself, you know? It's just a lot of things. Like, yeah, you get a sense of who you really are as a black person by going to HBCU, and not to mention the fact that the history HBCUs 
they were there for black people where black people couldn't even go to school themselves. And for anyone to try to forsake that, they really denied themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and this is another time where I can go on and on. <laughs> yeah. I have to share time. I'm going to just let you have, have some time. Go hit the floor. I appreciate it. So I, I had to, you know, think about this question. Um, <laughs> and part of the reason why I had to think as much as I did is because I wanted to think more about the athletic part of the question because I immediately went to the academic part and the family atmosphere, all of that first. Right. And so, you know, so the question is what do HBCUs have to offer elite athletes? So I was thinking about athletes and I'm like, wait a minute now. Like you said, Alabama State has a wonderful football complex. You know, I don't know the inner workings of every athletic facility at all HBCUs, but I've been to, Terrence, I've been to several HBCUs over the years, especially since graduating from Alabama State. Um, when I, um, when I, not too long after I started teaching, um, my mom's sorority, they would take a group of high school boys and girls on a college tour, and so me and another guy, we were chaperones on these tours. And of course, we were the boy chaperone. And mm-hmm. so the first year, we actually went to Louisiana and we toured HBCUs and um, some PWIs. So we went, we went to Southern, we went to uh, LSU, we went to the University of New Orleans. I, I can't it was like five or six schools that we went Yeah, to. I know you take those tours like man, I was jealous, man. Like, man. <laughs> I mean, and I'm gonna tell you, I went to the and just off the top of my head, the school that probably stuck out to me the most, I think I believe it was a school in Tennessee called uh Lemoyne Owen College. Uh-huh. The reason why the reason why Lemoyne Owen College, it's in Memphis, Tennessee. The reason why it stuck out to me, it wasn't even that the facilities were great. It wasn't the fact that they had the a huge campus, and they have a nice campus. The dorms that we went into were beautiful, but the students sold at school. Like they made me feel like I almost made the wrong choice in going to Alabama State. But you could feel the pride that they had in their own school. And yeah. it was it wasn't like you knew they weren't fronting when they were talking about it. They loved that campus. And I fell in love with that campus. Like I've been to um there. I, I we visited Tennessee State. Tennessee State is another uh campus. We went to Winston Salem State where Stephen A. Smith went to school. There are there have been several schools. Been to Fam, you've been to Albany State. Um I want to say South Carolina State, um, but they're just over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing of it is, you know, going back to the question, what do HBCUs have to offer? Well, if memory serves me correctly, HBCUs can offer football scholarships just like a PWI. They can mm-hmm. offer basketball scholarships just like a PWI. Your education will be paid for 
at Alabama State, just like it can be paid for at University of Alabama. Yeah. And, and chances are, the better you are, a black uh, the num the number one player in any state will have to make a choice. They can they have the pick of the litter. But if my if I if 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 Alabama if the University of Alabama can offer me a school, a full ride, guess what? That means Alabama State can too because they know how good I am. Yes. Now, the the facilities may not be on quote unquote as on par. But that don't mean that the facilities are just absolute garbage. Because I'm telling you too, like even the last time I visited Alabama State, they've had huge upgrades to like the student center and yeah. like the restaurants on campus. Like they, there's like when we were there, I, I I still remember going to I think it was no, it wasn't orientation. I actually visited Alabama State my my high school senior year of high school. Um, in the spring, I, I was already accepted, and so I just me and my mom we drove up, and I just took a tour. They still had the uh, they, that McDonald's was still there, but they were getting rid of it. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, <laughs> so they replaced that with. I know you remember the sports page. Oh yes, there are so many more restaurants besides the sports page now. Yeah, they got it's like Subway, like, Arizona. Yeah, it, it's like a good. Seven, eight different restaurants, at least five. You know, there's yeah. a, there's way more of a selection now. So, and I've been to those white schools like LSU. I, I visited. We visited uh, Auburn one year. Auburn yeah. is nice. You know, Auburn is a nice campus, but I, I nothing about Auburn made me feel at home. Everything about Lemoyne Owen, everything about Tennessee State made me feel at home because I also knew that I was around my own people and I knew that my own people would embrace me quicker than they would at Auburn. Another thing like like you said about the family atmosphere they're also more willing to help you at HBCUs. I remember I also used to um, be a, um, a, a judge in this scholarship competition for my mom's sorority. They would um we would have to read um, these essays that these high school seniors would write about why they felt like they deserved this scholarship. And basically the, the question pertaining to the essay was, how has your family basically impacted your life or what something major that has impacted your life to go to school, something of that nature. And right. we, we came across an essay, um, another judge and I, we came across an essay and this young lady she um, she was telling us about her essay, giving us an overview and her feelings and everything about, um, you know, going to college. And, you know, we, we, we asked her about, you know, her school choices. And this other judge was actually, is actually a cousin of mine. She also went to HBCU. She went to FAMU. So we asked her about her college choices. And she had mainly all... PWIs. And so this wasn't a part of the actual um, interview. So it was kind of off the record. We asked her about you know why she hadn't um, had a choice of an HBCU. The 
response she gave us, Terrence, we had to basically stop the interview and school her on HBCUs. She told us that HB. She said she didn't feel like she would benefit from HBCUs. We, Terrence, we almost lost it, <laughs> and we just felt insulted because it was like, how are you gonna say that to two HBCU graduates that are interviewing you for this scholarship? Now the yeah. final say so it wasn't our final say so if she got the scholarship or not it was several judges for the competition but uh, let me say this by the time she <clears throat> walked out of that interview she had actually changed her mind about putting another putting an HBCU on her list we don't know if she went to one but mm-hmm. you know we, we had a schooler I mean everything you can get from a PWI you get it in a lot more at HBCU Yes, you do. The, the the and the biggest difference for an athlete or a non-athlete at an HBCU versus a predominantly white school, they care about you at HBCUs. Yeah, they they don't care about you at at uh, PWI. And then the thing, about, yeah, it's like you have like it's like a black expressionism. You're allowed to be expressed like you go anywhere in the world. You know, you're not allowed to be black, really. You know, you, you can't express yourself without receiving black last for Alabama. But in the HBCU, you can be black. You can enjoy the black experience. You can enjoy yeah. one place in the world where you can just be you and don't have to worry about, you know, somebody persecuting you just because you're a certain color. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of those times, a lot of those tours, every chance that I got, um, Especially, well, mainly when I would go on the the HBCU campuses, I was gonna try to have on the Alabama State shirt, just so yeah. they knew. And I knew <laughs> I was gonna, I knew I was gonna catch all kind of you know what, but obviously that was intentional. But in the end, it was still all love because people understood it. Right. People understand the pride that you take in an HBCU. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. That brings us to our last segment of the night. So, I'm going to start off this week. My unpopular opinion for this week is really a continuation of my unpopular opinions for the last couple of weeks. I've been talking about America's commercialization of names and slogans and acronyms, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, but this week, I'm going to talk about America's infatuation with remakes. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Yes, sir. America, we need to stop. Everybody, we need to stop with these remakes. Let these shows be what they were and let them have all the greatness that they were without ruining it or without uh, just killing it. I saw on Facebook today, and they talking about remaking the one Oh, you took it right out of my mouth, yes. With Lee Daniels, Lee of all people. Of all, yes. And, you know, I have a key problem with Lee Daniels and the way he do things, but I'm not fit to really stand on here. I got uh, you. You know I, what I'm talking about. I, I do. Yes, sir. I do. Oh, so, okay. But the one is... It's a show that's devoid. It was a show devoid of all these these 
racial tropes, these sexual orientation tropes, and all this and that. It's just a show that was genuinely, genuinely good, just about the teenage experience, the experience of going through life, and things like that. It was actually one of my favorite shows. Yeah, it was a very good show. I love that show, right? Yeah. yeah. It was just it was just about topics. It wasn't about no political leanings. It wasn't about nothing, which a lot of these shows have these political errors. The undertones. Yeah, the undertones, uh, these sexual undertones, sexual orientation undertones, these uh, you know, racial undertones and things like that. Like we deal with that enough in life. I just want to sit down and just enjoy a show. And just be entertained and be happy and just really have something that I can relate to or like, hey, I experienced that before, you know, and that's what the one year was for me, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, but besides that, I mean, you look at all these remakes. You have remake, the one of the worst ones of all time is this Thundercats Go. Oh, man. Just, <laughs> I still haven't watched an episode of that. I would never watch an episode of that. It's a blasphemy. It was a disgrace that that was even allowed to happen. Like these cartoons, and I looked my son and watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the other day. Like, Wait a minute, what? He was watching it. It's, it's a new show. It has this crazy animation, the same way Teen Titans and this damn oh. Thundercats. Is. They done ruined it. Like, oh my God. They, had, they had made a good uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. I watched it. I actually liked it, but it's still don't compare to the original, of course. Right, right, but then the remade it again, and it's horrible. You got these blocky characters and things like that. You got Magnum P.I., you got Hawaii Five-O, yeah. all these remakes. You got even MacGyver, and you know how I feel yes. about MacGyver. I, yes, I do. <laughs> That's like one of my favorite shows of all time. I still see here watch the episode. When I was in college, I used to... America, America, he would tear MacGyver up. Like, oh my yes. God. It would come on at 12 o'clock every weekday, and I would get out my nine, my 9.30 in at like 10.40. Excuse me, it would come on 11 o'clock. I'm wrong. Out of my t- class at 10.45, I get to my door just in time to warm me up a bowl of noodles, and I sit there and watch MacGyver for about an hour or two. Yeah. I love my MacGyver, but they remade it. I watched the remake because it's MacGyver, but it's horrible. When yeah. it compared to the original. Like, <laughs> yes. America keep doing all these damn remakes and they horrible. They're yeah. not they're not adding to these shows. They're making it worse. Yeah. So, like, we need to just put an end to this. Like, we don't want to have original ideas anymore. Yeah. We we just want to reduce what somebody else doing. We don't want to work hard no more. We don't want to write nothing new. We don't want to yeah. do nothing new. Yeah, Everybody, everybody just want to just take from what somebody else did and build on it instead of create their own things. It's the same way, and the athletes the same way. You, I, I say the same thing. They go to Alabama and all these places because it's popular to do so. They don't want to go somewhere and create a legacy on their own. They just want to put stuff to other people. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, America, let's let go. Let's let these shows be great. Let's let let's let, enjoy them for what they were and. Let them have their place on the pedestal of America, Icona, American history, America, um, just the best things that America has offered. Let's not study the legacy <laughs> by creating these remakes. And that is my unpopular opinion. 
and you just to add to it a little bit, I I definitely agree. And you know, it's not just remakes to uh, TV shows; it's remakes to movies and reboots. Yeah. And, my God. And like I I was watch I saw something on Facebook the other day where I'm it oh. was a list it was a list of about 40, 50 movies that's coming out in the next couple of years. And they had called Halloween Kills and then oh. and then Halloween ends. So I guess they're finally yes. going to end that no exactly. not a <laughs> No, they ain't. Somebody else gonna come up with another one. I'm telling you, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, Jim, no, but no I'm glad problem. you said it because that's that another thing I was intending to hit on earlier this week. Oh. Like we keep, I stand on faith. I'm like, man, can we just be done with Jason Myers, Jason um Voorhees and Mike Myers? Yeah, uh, Michael Myers ain't whatever his name is. Hell, yeah. We keep making all these damn rebates. Can they just die? They literally just die. And, like, can like, somebody have a magic totem and just trap their soul in it forever and let's be done with it? <laughs> can know, we finish Terminator without keep starting this part over? Can we can we finish the, the whole Fast and the Furious series? And you know Oh my god. It, 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 it's like I think the next one coming out is supposed to be what? The ninth one? Or is it the eighth? Yeah. I it's supposed to be it's supposed to be the last one. Is it? I thought they were gonna do ten. Yeah. Well, I hope I hope it's the last one. Uh, I thought they were gonna stop at nine. I, I was, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking ten, but hopefully, hopefully it is. You know, but that's it, the thing. Yeah, the rocks on the his old where his yeah. movies trash. You know, it's just like, can we please? You know, and and I don't get me wrong, I'm all for a good sequel, but I only need one, two sequel like. Movies shouldn't have no more than three in a series, depending on what you're ta- what you're what it's about. You know, if there's a continuation of a particular storyline, okay, cool. It's like it's like Avengers. I, I definitely understand understand Avengers having four movies. Um, where yeah, but if you if you did it right, you still could have probably did it in three. But uh-huh. at the same time. Avengers is so popular, so and I don't, I understand. But they they, they didn't start over and get a whole new group of actors, a whole group of victims. That's they true. That's a, that's they that's they, that's they that's actually a, finished that's the story. Valid point. You know, they reboot <laughs> without finishing the stories. <laughs> yeah. Like the like the Terminator series. Oh, yes, like you basically, you did away with what happened in Terminator Genesis. To do dark fate, I, I'm like, yeah, all sudden, what was yeah, did all of a sudden John Connor in the picture no more? Where all the time that movie had been about John Connor, now all of a sudden he dead. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on, man, can we? Yeah. <sighs> I'm exhausted. The time yeah. been going on longer than I've been alive, and it still ain't finished. Right, the first Terminator came out what? It was '84, and that's the only one. <laughs> and and you just finished it last yes, year. Yes, America. No, they they talking about continue America. No, they're not. Come on, Come feel, on yeah, I know you feel the pain. They were actually talking about doing an animated movie on Terminator Two. Also, oh, <laughs> we know what happened to Terminator Two. There doesn't no, 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 not Terminator Two. T O O. Also, I'm, I should say Terminator Also. 
Oh, yes. Are you kidding me? I, 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 I read that. They come out doing the elementary first. You're like, can we just finish the story first? <laughs> I do have to have, I want to just finish the story for one of them at least. Yeah. And, and just to go back to what you said about the Wonder Years, the Wonder Years really was a great show from my childhood. Like, it wasn't a lot that I watched as far as a child. It wasn't a lot, a lot that I watched consistently as a child. Wonder Years was one of those shows that I actually watched on a consistent basis. Yes. And it really, it was a really, really good show. And that thing so? And I mean, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, you know, it's like, this is truly unnecessary. Um, this, this remake. And I mean, do I understand that it's going to potentially be a black version of it and going to take place in the same the same time frame? Yeah, I get it, but I don't know if that's gonna be a good thing because you know it wasn't you know particularly a it it wasn't particularly great uh, growing up black in the sixties and the seventies. Exactly. In Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, I don't know. You know, you know, Lee Daniels is very sketchy in the first place. Yes, he is. So, you know, so I, I just, I'm, I'm not here for it. Some things need to be left well alone in the Wonder Years. Okay, and Lee Daniels make a Wonder Years. There won't be no Wendy. It's gonna be Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and on that note, my unpopular opinion for this evening, um, we 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 talked about um, Deshaun Watson earlier. Oh yeah, and you know, Deshaun Watson is overrated. He, it, to me, I still think people view him as Deshaun Watson. From yes. So they, they, they kept. They still to this day bring up his comeback win against um, Alabama, and I, I, there was nothing wrong with that. But how long ago was that? And I mean, I, 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 I do want Deshaun Watson to be successful. In um in Houston, I I really do. I hate the fact that they traded away uh D Hop for basically nothing. Um, so we're gonna see how good he really, really is now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I don't want him to not do well because I want to see all black quarterbacks succeed in the NFL. Right. But but basically, to me, outside of um, them coming back last year against who did they beat? Uh, was it the in, the in the playoff game last year? Clemson? Was it? No, 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 no. The Texans. Oh, uh, it came back to beat the Colts, wasn't it? I think. It, okay, yeah, it was the Colts because I, listen, I have, and I don't know if it's so much Deshaun Watson, but. I have not ever been a, a Bill O'Brien fan, but I I no. was shocked that they came back and won. Huh? The Buffalo Bills? Was it the Bills? It may have been the. I think it was the Bills. Yeah. 
whoever it was, I think it was the Bills, but I was shocked that they came back and won that game because I don't believe in the Houston Texans. Even with even with Deshaun Watson. So yes, I will give him that. But and I know it's obviously not all of his fault, but they had a 20-something to zero lead against the Chiefs the next week, and they lost. Yep. And, and and so a quarterback is only as good as his receivers, you know. But I I just the, – the highlight that I keep hearing about Deshaun Watson is his national championship at Clemson. That was college. Let's let's just let's just call it what it is. Mm-hmm. Deshaun Watson is another great athlete that just so happens to play quarterback. Exactly. He can throw. I'm not saying he can't throw the ball. He can throw the ball. You know, he's not a inaccurate quarterback, or he's not a bad quarterback, but he's a better athlete that just so happens to play quarterback. Like, you know, I, I know a guy um, that that calls Deshaun Watson super. Uh, no, he calls him the Michael Jordan of the NFL. I'm yeah. like, where? He's not leading that team to no Super Bowl. He's all right. I don't care what you put around him. They they not go. They ain't gonna win no Super Bowl. He, no. I mean, and you know, and obviously you gotta have all the components with the defense and the special teams as well. But you know, he's a decent leader. But you know, there are other quarterbacks that I take before. Deshaun Watson. So I, I just don't, I don't understand the pedestal that he's like. He's not top five in the league to me. Barely top ten. Yeah. If that. Yeah. You know, it's it's like, and I I don't have them all on top of my head of quarterbacks that I take, uh, before him. But I <laughs> I probably would take Dak Prescott before Deshaun Watson. And that's just me, you know. And I know Dak's not great, and I'm only using Dak as a talking point because he's the quarterback of your favorite team. But it's I, between the two, it's a toss up. But I'd probably rather have Dak, honestly, because what I see from Deshaun is yes, he's tough, but I don't need them elusive throws that he makes where yeah. He Running out of um, being almost sacked. Yeah, that's where you get all these plays from. Yeah, to me, he gets in too many situations where they, where he's like you said, he's getting those big plays and he's scrambling and he's got to throw the ball 30, 40 yards out of the field. He hold the ball too long. He, yeah, yes, he he does. His offense line is so bad, but the fact is, he hold the ball too long. And then, like, and I mean, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. You got it. Then, like, like you said, like the thing that differentiates me with him and that is, I think, unlike him, to me, he's remained in the same place. Like he's still the same quarterback he was when he first started. But with that, <laughs> that I see improvement every year. You, I, I was about to say, you actually see the progression. Yeah, with that. yeah. You know, it's. And I don't want to say you haven't seen uh, progression with him, but you haven't. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like, he, like you said, he's he's more so where he was when he started. Yeah. But you you see the growth, 
with uh, Dak Prescott. I mean, you see it with, and I know it's only been two years Lamar, with Lamar, yeah. but but you but you see it with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, and you know, it's I'm not saying it's right, but if we're going to keep calling Deshaun Watson a top five quarterback or this super talented quarterback, then you know. We, we we need to see it. Like I'm looking at his numbers right now. He to me, he's he kind of regressed from twenty eighteen. Yeah. I mean like, and like this dude is so amazing. He's twenty four and thirteen. And then on top of that, just just think about this. What has the Houston Texans done differently since he's been there than before? Yeah. They they yeah. they got to the playoffs and is it early? Or won a game and exited the next week with they did that with uh what's that quarterback name from Pittsburgh? Um that they, they had uh uh is it Connor or something? Yeah, or it's Connor? something. Yeah, him they did it with um uh uh TJ Yates. Oh yeah, I forgot but yes. <laughs> they did Yeah, I mean they did it with all these sorry quarterbacks, man. They did the same thing that he's doing now. Like no different, no you know. Difference. So like, if he really like that good of a quarterback, then like look what Patrick Mahomes did. The Chiefs they were doing a certain thing on the Alex Smith. They would get to the playoffs. They feels out, you know, one game and done. Oh, Patrick yeah, Mahomes, yeah. like he came in, put it, he put him over the top, put him over the top. Like what has Deshaun Watson done that to make the Houston Texans better than what they are? Have they done anything different than what they've been doing since he's been? No. And I'm looking at his numbers like he didn't even pass for 4,000 yards this year. He threw um, three more picks. and He went from nine picks to 12. And I, I know that's not significant, yeah. but you haven't even thrown for 30 touchdowns yet. And I, I get it. You've only had a chance to really play three seasons, uh, well, two and a half seasons. But, you know, it's the way they talk about him, you would think he's Right behind Mahomes, almost. Yeah, yeah. Like you would think, you would think, you would think he's top. 10. Yeah. I don't even think he top ten. I, I, ain't no argument for me. Yeah. No, no argument for me at all. Yeah. You know, I, I just, it's, it's just this high horse from college, and it's just like that's okay. It's, it's almost like. um it's almost like Andrew Luck in a sense. Yeah. And I didn't – I really didn't think too high of Andrew Luck coming out of college. Now, when he did get to – I thought he was good. I mean, but he damn near got killed in the pros. Because <laughs> his offensive line was – now, his offensive line was terrible. I know. But, you know, but it was like, okay, he's decent. Like, I, I, I Deshaun Watson is solid. I, he's not even great. You know, he's – He's a, he. I don't even. That's the thing. Like, I don't want to say he's not a franchise quarterback, but I'm not sure if he's a franchise quarterback. Yeah. I I just don't know. Yeah. You know. Like you know, and, and this is not saying that he won't be, but you know, everybody's trying to crown him after two and a half years. Come on, and, and they're doing it on popularity. It's a popularity contest. It's, it is. It is, and I and that's the thing. Like, I think. I kind of think uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to come in the same way. Yeah. 
I, I absolutely do. And, you know, that's not to say that he won't deserve the hype because I do think he'll be number one when he comes out because, I mean, he's good, you know, but it, it's like, it, you know, it's uh, like I've said before, it's hard being a Falcons fan, but you should see this fan group that I'm in on Facebook. Like, they want, the fans want um, Trevor Lawrence to replace Matt Ryan so bad. And I'm just like, uh, why? I'm not the biggest Matt Ryan fan, but Trevor Lawrence is overrated too. Like, yeah. like, and I mean. That's another topic for another I'm, day. <laughs> it's another topic for another day. You know, but, it, but it's like, and I don't want to beat down college quarterbacks too much, but I don't like the hype that college quarterbacks get coming out of college mm-hmm. because you're not even giving them time to develop fully. Right. And it's it's just like why put all that pressure on them to I mean, and I get it, you you know, your window for Super Bowls is is already small because it's so hard to do. But I, to to think that Deshaun Watson was gonna come into the league and Send the Texans straight to the Super Bowl was an ab- absolutely foolish. <laughs> absolutely, you know, like you know, even to say that he'd be a multiple time MVP is dumb because it's like the NFL is hard, and there's already a negative stigma that comes with black quarterbacks um, playing in the NFL. See Cam Newton, so mm-hmm. you know, you know, it's just like no, nah, don't. And so his him being overrated is not his fault. It's the it's the praise that was heaped upon him upon being drafted. Right. Absolutely. And that's my that's my unpopular opinion. Well, there you have it, folks. Two unpopular opinions to put in the files. <laughs> All right. Take with it, you know what you will, and uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll see, we'll see y'all next week. Appreciate it. All right, on with it, (laughs) oh.